How's it going, folks? Welcome to the Point Bean Podcast. I'll be your host today. I'm Edward Salaya, the opinions writer here at the Arizona Daily Star. I'm joined by our cartoonist, Mr. David Fitzsimmons. Hey, how you doing, everybody? Hello, Edward. Hey, I like your podcast voice. It's it is a little different. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, it's a little different. I feel like uh, now that I've got people that I know actually listening to this, that I've got uh-huh. a, I've got a show to put on. You you got a real show to put on, and what I, I got to interrupt you right off the bat because it's an interesting day for us to be taping, right? We it haven't is. heard the results from mm-hmm. New Hampshire aside from I think Dixville Notch. What most Wait, of the votes there was like for Bloomberg. For Bloomberg, <laughs> what they had to write in. <laughs> Bloomberg will be making another appearance later in this podcast. <laughs> Not quite as joyful. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, hopefully this one will count unlike, uh, last week's yes. caucus. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little about that. So, yeah. um, last week, obviously Iowa did their best to, I guess, screw the rest of the process up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and wave their hands about, don't pick us next go uh, around. Don't yeah. make us first. And that, that hits on a whole other issue where it's a totally unrepresentative state, especially if you're a Democrat. Um, but, okay, so they screwed it all up. Uh, yeah. And uh, like basically Pete, Mayor Pete and uh, Bernie Sanders tied. What do you think? Head to head. Who man. do you think the real winner coming out of that? I think the real winner was uh, Mike Bloomberg. Me too. (laughs) Because it's that the first thing that came to my mind was that ancient Will Rogers quote about, I belong to no organized party. I'm a Democrat. Exactly. And uh, I don't think he could have been more disorganized than Iowa. I I did enjoy watching the caucusing late at night. I thought, wow, what a great American tradition. But then when it started to screw up, and then the varying explanations, and then there's still no real clear explanation why. It's like, oh my gosh, it's such a testament to how disorganized uh, Democrats can be. I think more than anything, it was a testament to why we should have some sort of paper ballot or some sort of paper backup paper trail. to pretty much any sort of election, yeah. regardless or not of if it's a regular, uh, like what they're doing in New Hampshire today with a regular election, or yeah. if it's a caucus where that in itself, to me, I have a little bit of problems with. You have to stay for at least two hours. Yeah. How are you going to do that if you've got three kids crying? You know, How are you yes. going to do that if you're somebody that's operating out of a wheelchair? To yeah. me, that's just, it's it's... Totally exclusive. Yeah, I to, see it now. I was a huge fan of caucuses uh, three seconds before the Iowa caucus. <laughs> and then to watch it unfold the way it did, holy moly. Wow. I think in the other the other winner out of uh, those sort of th- this narrative, I think, is, is that of conspiracies. Oh, uh, theories, yeah. yeah you yeah, know, whether yeah. it was, oh, Mayor Pete, he had something to do with the company behind the... Who knows? Yeah, who and knows? because of how they screwed it up, I mean, why don't that's we, all po- that's all people have to really point to is their their evidence. Fertile fields in Iowa for conspiracy. I have a question for you. It just seems sure. kind of curious how, even though uh, Buttigieg uh, had this remarkable, uh, essentially uh, tie with Sanders, mm-hmm. that the media isn't really that excited about celebrating. Uh, you know, like the way Jimmy Carter was celebrated out of Iowa. Well, when he came out, whoa, wow, look, he did so well, he's great. There's, there's kind of a kind of a wait-and-see thing going on. 
I think there's a little bit of that. I think that if you were to speak to certain Bernie supporters, they yeah. might have a they might fall into that conspiracy group I was talking about a little yes. bit earlier. Yeah. yeah. Um, that being said, I think there is a little bit of a coverage uh, discrepancy between Bernie and some of maybe the more moderate candidates, the Mayor Pete's, the yeah. uh, the the Joe Bidens. Um, I mean, yeah. other than Joe Biden. Bernie Sanders has been right there as, you know, either number one or one A this yeah. entire six, seven month process here. Yeah. Um, so I can maybe understand and maybe uh, commiserate a little bit more with the uh, the Sanders folks who think that he's maybe not getting the shrift he deserves. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he's still I mean, he there, there's I don't think there is an active campaign amongst either. the mainstream media and deep state to somehow shut him out. I just think that uh, he has some a little bit out there kind of policies. Uh, Do you think that the uh, the remainders in the field, uh, Klobuchar, Buttigieg, Biden, that there'll be a weeding out to see who's going to be the anti Sanders? I I think that it's happening already a little bit. I know that I, I was reading a CNN article saying that Joe Biden has there instead of staying this evening um, and today is Tuesday, instead of staying this evening in New Hampshire to uh-huh. kind of, you know, close out. He has already left for South Carolina mm-hmm. to uh, I think Joe Biden's in trouble. So yeah. but uh, I think that uh, between Mayor Pete and Amy Klobuchar, though, that there is a uh, there there is a, a battle for that that uh, middle lane if you will. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, after the last debate, I'd probably give it a little bit more to Klobuchar. She seems to have a little bit more uh, uh, zest behind the sizzle, a little yes. bit more stake there. Yeah. Smarts um, too. Yeah. And she's won, she's won uh, big elections for a, uh, you know, a state, a wide election as opposed to, yeah. you know, I guess the third district of Tucson, which is basically <laughs> what, you yeah. know, what mayor Pete would run. Um, but yeah, I, what about you? Do you do you feel? Let me ask you, kind of a, a, a counter to that. Yeah. Do you feel that there is just so much oxygen being sucked up by the the moderates that that just leaves Bernie as like the real front lo- you know front leader? Um, do you see this as good for him? I, I you know I think it's interesting is how uh, Warren has sort of fallen off the face of the earth big time because uh, her her math. She wasn't very candid about her math, uh, and Bernie will will forever have a, a third, I think, of the party at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think, it's down to uh, the moderates like Klobuchar and Pete. Uh, but as soon as they begin the sorting, then along comes Bigfoot Bloomberg, who will be the ultimate centrist of all. And then the question is, will will Klobuchar and Pete? Uh, challenge both Buttigieg and Sanders and you know what's the convention going to be like and I sort of wish I was going to Milwaukee now when I got invites last year I said hey you want to come go to the convention I said nah uh, it'll probably be they'll select a winner early on but wow this is like a horse race it's like a good game this in a way um not quite the parallel but it reminds me a little of the Republican field in 2016 where you where it was crowded at first, and then you start to see kind of the, I will just say at the firebrand kind of gain a little bit of momentum, yeah. and the uh, the majority of the party or the party elites, if you will, the people that run the party, kind of putting up roadblocks in the some best sense, they could. the best they could. Right. Um, I think the Democrats are a little bit. What do I want to say? I think they're a, spooked. 
I think they're a little spooked of Sanders. And I think, but I do think that unlike the Republicans in 2016, that I, I do think that the firewall of the South uh, of African-American voters yeah. will put a little bit more of a, a speed bump up for Sanders than anything the yes. Republicans now, that'll can be, do. That'll be very interesting. You know, I have to say for me, the most uh, interesting, uh, newsworthy uh, quote on uh, in the course of the New Hampshire primary has been Joe Biden's remark to a woman <laughs> when he called her a lying, horse-faced pony, pony soldier. soldier. And I thought, what the... That does, that's right up there with malarkey and put that on your phonograph record and play it. And my God, what a boom. He's beyond boomer. He's a you know, there's a lot of these videos. I feel like one every three or four days comes out of him uh, yeah. having some sort of interaction with either a voter or somebody at one of his rallies where he either tells them, hey, why don't you just go and vote for somebody else then? <laughs> or, or you know, he calls them a pig-faced soldier. You know, um, it. Uh, I think to me, uh, the other kind of narrative coming out of Iowa and New Hampshire is just kind of how far Joe Biden has fallen. Yeah, it is really sad. I think uh, just seeing him up there on the debate stage sometimes, uh, he is not what he was even four years ago. True. Uh, I don't know how you much can see of that, the aging. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how much it has to do with age and everything like that. But he just in the last two weeks has solidified for me my point of view that he should never have gotten involved in this race. This is only hurting his legacy. It's whatever I, it is. I agree, and I feel a kind of moral authority because I'm 64 <laughs> and I realize I wouldn't even run for office because I'm already at the point where I'm stammering. For getting words, for getting key facts, and you don't want to go on a national debate stage mm -hmm. with Donald, Oprah, Trump, and try <laughs> to keep up and try to be the sharp, witty, savage uh, standard bearer for progressive values. Yeah. When you're Joe, what was my name? <laughs> Biden. I'm Biden. My, malarkey. I'm Biden. My time. You, um, you full of malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to watch Lawrence Welk. <laughs> the Lord Welk. I'm actually going to be staying at Lawrence Welk's uh, resort up in what Escondido the? in about what? a month's time. What? My parents, uh, yeah. for whatever reason, they would always take us to Las Vegas and other areas yeah. that kids really never should have been. Um, we would vacation at our timeshare at the Lawrence Welk uh, Escondido. Oh. Yeah. Vegas? No, no, no. no. It's actually, Escondido? Escondido is kind of the inland empire. Uh, it's between Los Angeles and San Diego. Heaven. It's about, I it's total heaven. Okay. Right outside it. Temecula. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really kind of, kind of Southern, yeah. Southern California wine country, beautiful rolling hills. But uh, I, I digress. Those are the rolling hills that I'm sure that Roger Stone is hoping that he'll be let loose in free to sing like it's the sound of music. Yeah, isn't that um, Ronald Reagan's uh, presidential library nearby? Very, very it? close, yeah. 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 Yeah, Roger Stone. Is he in the news? What's up with Roger, man? So yesterday, uh, you know, the prosecutors in his case come out and yeah. ask for seven to nine years. I uh, was impressed by that. I wow, was too. justice is going to prevail against another Trump. Of course, Trump last evening, or excuse me, early this morning, tweets that, hey, this ain't fair. It's never fair because they're never prosecuting the people on the other side, which doesn't make any sense. Wow. He lied to Congress, which is what he's being yeah. prosecuted for. Uh, and then the Department of Justice a few hours ago comes out and says, well, wait a minute here. The uh, prosecutors didn't 
uh, didn't pass this off with anybody higher up. Uh, we're we're going to release a statement later today. Again, this is Tuesday, saying, uh, yeah, we want to revise what what exactly we're asking for from uh, from the judge here. The judge wow. in her case, who is really wow. who really does the sentencing, is like, hey, what what's going on here? And there's been a lot of calls for her to because she is a judge, she can subpoena everybody in the Department of Justice, up to and including Attorney General. Bar to see what sort of correspondence, where this change came from seven to nine years to who knows. I'm going to guess they'll probably ask for something like two to three or something right, like right. that. Of course. And then Trump can just use that. The other thing that this does is it gives Precedent. him a, justi- yep, a justification to possibly nullify this. He wants wow. To. Well, you know, this was discussed at the Nuremberg trial. Really? And effectively... The German government infiltrated the court system of Germany in the 1930s mm. and poisoned it. And I that... think this is somewhat similar, particularly when you have an attorney general, your chief law officer of the land, serving, uh, what's the word, capo di tutti? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the consigliere for yeah. the top criminal. I think this is... Wow, uh, these are chilling times. Yeah, this is, um, to me, this is the biggest like red flag that's happened in the entire Trump presidency. Um, he obviously has a conflict of interest with this case. Um, it, it, to me just reeks of prosecutorial, uh, um, what do we want to call it? Prosecutorial, uh, interference. Um, this is what you see in developing countries. This is like what you see, like the, the leaders of Nicaragua or El Salvador doing, you know, um, yeah, I can see why uh, good old Lev Parnas was in such a panic over being handed over to the Justice Department and wanted to get all his interviews and all his information out before the totally. mitts are on him. This is starting wow. to get into scary times now. Very scary. So Bending the law. Bending the law to serve the dictator. There is no law but the king, I thought. There is no law but the king. <laughs> Aye, aye, aye. Which calls to mind a, a, a reader sent me a, a, a quote I've forgotten. It's uh, <laughs> nil illegitimus carborundum. Don't let the bastards get you down. I like that. And, uh, okay. Don't let them wear you down. It sounds better in Latin. It does sound better in Latin. But I think uh, for those of us who are centrist, pragmatics, progressives, or liberals, We're in we, a dark we can't place. let them drag us down. When's the rule of law going to stand upright and snap back? I guess the wow. the question in, here in Tucson is, when is the rule of law going to stop you from feeding a sandwich to the homeless guy? <laughs> I guess that's a pretty good uh, way of segueing into uh, our next topic. So yeah. earlier this week, uh, the head of the Park Tucson uh, division, which is basically a... Uh, Donovan Durbin? Yeah, yeah, I think that is, yeah, yeah. yeah. He tweeted out a reminder to folks that got a lot of uh, a play. Um, reminder to folks that feeding uh, anybody, not just homeless people, but, but sharing your food with anybody in a city park uh, is against city ordinance. And you could be ticketed for that. You know, you, you can just imagine how specifically this would be used. It wouldn't happen, say, well, there's a couple picnicking over in Reed Park. No, it's going to be specifically to harass homeless people. Yeah. Those who are trying to do the right thing. What's the motive behind it? To clean up our park? Yes, that is the uh, the, huh. the motive operandi, uh, supposedly, huh. is to 
Uh, and they uh, pointed to, uh, their, along with this post, uh, kind of letting everybody know the ordinance, they also posted uh, photos of trash in the parks and things like that. Yeah. So it ostensibly is, oh, we're just trying to get rid of litter sort sure, of thing. Sure. To me, it seems like a backdoor way of big, of trying to get the homeless to leave city parks. Uh, and while I I can t- I totally understand the uh, the overarching goal that you know you don't Absolutely. want you don't want folks just clean safe parks. yeah clean safe and you don't want folks just being out you know, at all hours in yeah. parks and all and we want to funnel funnel the homeless to uh, feeding stations yes. or uh, centers that'll be uh, or centers that'll take them in something yeah. along those lines but to me this just has a feel of make sure not to feed the wildlife. Um, they might come back. They might bite your hand. Yeah. Um, Who will the first arrest be? Will it be some sweet-intentioned little Quaker woman <laughs> having a, a sack lunch to some that's, homeless person? That's what I'm going to guess it is. There's some sort of church group or something. Because yeah. I, I know that there are groups that do go out on weekends and uh, try to do mass feedings and everything yes. like that for the folks. Yeah. To me, that's, uh, that's probably not where I, I would want the, uh, you know, resources of our local government being used to stop those folks. Yeah. Um, but to me, like, like I was getting to this, this really just is not a humane way of solving a problem. And for a city that, you know, pretends to be so liberal and so uh, kind of progressive, this is a really regressive sort of way of, of addressing homelessness to me. Are there going to be signs? Signs I, in the park? Do not feed the homeless? See, that's, I mean, that's kind of where it has to go little, to, right? Like, yeah, little sign in the grass like a New Yorker cartoon. Don't feed the pigeons. Don't uh, feed the homeless. Uh, that to me is just, it's that's a sad, sad state of, of affairs. That's a sad um, indictment of where we are as a society that yeah. we just are like, well, I mean, we want our parks to be clean, so I guess that means getting rid of the humans that stay there. Yeah, just stick to uh, tossing <laughs> paper towels at Puerto Rico. <laughs> 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 so Dave These share with doers me, of good deeds. Yes. Share with me a little bit about uh some of the correspondence you've had. Okay, I got I got uh uh one positive letter. <laughs> I get I get lots of mail. I like this positive letter because I like the tone in it, the voice in it. Let's hear it. Begin with Dear Mr. Fitzsimmons. Mr. I enjoy your political cartoons, which I see in our local Colombian newspaper in Vancouver, Washington. Whoa. At first I was confused by that. Okay. Colombian yeah. newspaper. Okay, in uh, Vancouver, Washington. I have an idea for a cartoon based on Dickens' Christmas Carol, where the ghost of Christmas yet to come is pointing at Scrooge's grave. The gravestone can say, Rest in peace, Democratic Republic. The specter can be McConnell, labeled the Grim Reaper, pointing at the headstone. Scrooge can be Lady Liberty, kneeling in terror and supplication, begging for relief. Am I past all hope? I need no credit, just the knowledge that truth is pushing back from this travesty. Wow. Yours, Emily Meek, Battleground, Washington. Wow. She's the pushing Colum- back from travesty. She got all that from Columbia. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. It's an epic cartoon. You know, like, <laughs> and throw in some North Koreans on the 50-yard line. And if you can, a dirigible in the back. Label that economy. And make sure J-Lo's hips are shaking. That's right. So, Hey, I watched that game. That was an awesome game. I didn't watch one second. <laughs> I never. I missed halftime. <laughs> That's too bad. I heard yeah. that was pretty great, yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, 
So time out. So wait, 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 wait. I think we're burying the little bit, little bit here. Yeah. So your your works, your yeah. cartoons are run in papers in Washington. Yeah, the state of not DC. The state of Washington. Really? Uh, Eight hundred papers around the world. Run your news. Really? Yeah. I didn't know this shit. Oh yeah, I'm syndicated. I didn't know this stuff. I'm yeah. gonna have to edit that out. Oh yeah, I get, I get, uh, I got, re- I got reprinted. Someone told me I got reprinted in New Hampshire this morning, and uh, uh, yeah, I get reprinted uh, in Denver, the L.A. Times, sometimes the Washington Post drawing board, sometimes the CNN news site, that kind of stuff. How often do you say you get letters like that from folks outside of Arizona? I'd say. Twice, three times a week, uh, at least. It is pretty good, considering I also got my uh, American Editorial Cartoonist Society trade journal this week, and I'm thumbing through it, and it's like an obituary for my craft. (laughs) There are 25 cartoonists left in the United States. Uh, Really? A number died this year. A lot were retired this year or left the industry. And the one article I really did like was by a young cartoonist who talked about how memes are the future and cartoons are just that you're too slow to react to the news. Mm-hmm. They're mostly enjoyed by much older readers. Uh-huh. My age and Joe Biden's age uh-huh. and older, you know, when the phonograph uh-huh. record player isn't working, you grab your newsy paper. <laughs> Ma you, Bell. You look at the pictures. <laughs> and, and that's what I do. So, yeah, it was an interesting week in that regard. Plus, a cartoonist called me from Tulsa, a friend of mine, Bruce Plant, who works at the paper there. And he's asking me, what's it going to be like when Lee Enterprises owns my newspaper, which is happening? Now, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Lee is. Because he was part of, they were part of the Berkshire Hathaway ones. Yeah. 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 I assure him he'll be okay. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. Does he? All, all he has to do is uh, uh, drive the publisher to work like I do. Orlando's <laughs> a nice man. He makes me wear a little black hat. It's a fun job. I like it. I like the horn. <laughs> so I, I actually, I have, I love political cartoons. And I, I want to quibble a little bit of, with that, that description by the young cartoonist. So I will agree that memes are, uh, they kind of, you know, they filled a little bit of the, uh, the space that political cartoons yeah. and stuff like editorial cartoons. However, I still feel like it's kind of the difference between a painting and a photograph, whereas the photograph really does capture that moment. Mm. And yeah. there's poetry in that. And there's, you know, there's art in that. I think that like paintings, editorial cartoons, that, that, that actually being slow, actually having to marinate a little bit. Yeah, gives it a different, gives it a little bit more, a little more depth and a little bit more un, um, nuance than I would, you get from in, a meme. In fact, you're making the argument that I find myself making in defense of cartoons in that from time to time, not that often, a cartoon is an effective way to kind of diagram an issue, mm-hmm. what's going on uh, in, <laughs> with a news uh, item. And I, I think that's important because the average citizen has such a superficial grasp of what's occurring that sometimes an editorial cartoon can sort of spell it out yeah. in very clear, simplistic terms. I like to, yeah, that that to me, that that's exactly what I'm trying to say is that there's just, there's a little bit more to cartoons. There's a little bit more, I think, thought that goes into it too. Number, not just from the artist, but from the person viewing that as yeah. well. Um 
whereas memes, I think, are a little bit more one way of a medium. Like the person pushing it out kind of gets like, okay, this is my point of view. That that's it. Yeah. Whereas with with editorial cartoons, I think that, like I said, there's just a little bit more nuance. There's a there's more going on with every pen stroke. There is so. a little. There is a little bit more going on. I'll, I'll give it that. Uh, I love you, Dave. Don't go to. Don't, <laughs> don't leave me. Don't leave me, Dave. I gotta go make a meme, man. I just made three. Bring, <laughs> bring, bring. There they go. Sick Tucson memes featuring <laughs> Davey Fitzgerald <laughs> Simmons. Well, someday the newspaper will. It may still be in print, but there'll be a digital corner where you just touch it with your thumb, and up will come three memes. I could. Uh, I think there will be something like that. I think there's something that newspapers will send out every month, kind of yeah. like a tablet that, like, you know, here's your tablet for the month of April sort of thing. New Put it on your May. tongue. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was thinking into my eye, you know, like just like <laughs> get it on there like a contact. But, yeah. Well, Dave, wow. it was so good speaking with you. Really today, good talking with you, man. You should, you know, we should do this more than once a week. Or yeah, you, because there should be a news happens more than I, it happens at least three times yeah. here in Tucson a week. Yeah. I'm thinking though more of a like in where where you and I or and Sarah too bring in somebody either from the newsroom or a newsmaker from outside. That is so that's so fun. Yeah. First and foremost. And to have a thirty and minute combo. Yeah. Great to hear these uh, great to hear these perspectives. Because I'd love but, to have a, a Mayor Romero in here, you know, where it's like, hey, I'm sure she probably wouldn't, but hey a relaxed yeah, interview. A little different. Not yeah. just her, because we we obviously, if you if you've listened to our podcast in the past, we obviously have candidates on for different different um, different offices where they're actually debating or having a conversation together. I think actually yeah. bringing one one at a time in, we could get a little bit different. Yes, sort of get in depth and you know give it the time it deserves. But I got to say, I don't know where you're going to find the time because you have just begun a new video project. I have. Where is your first video is about to uh, it's go about up to drop. online? Right? It is. It is. Thank. Uh, I, I really got to thank my uh, videographer and editor, uh, David Fitzsimmons, on this as well. <laughs> he uh, he spent. I think he said thirty-five to forty minutes putting seconds. this thing seconds seconds. Which is more than I can say. I put any thought into this. Uh, it's a great, but, it's uh, a great start. Man. It is it's a great subject too. Civics, civics, and our first uh, this first video, which should be up by tomorrow, uh, will be about uh, voter registration. How you go about doing that in person down on Stone Avenue at the Pima County Consolidated Court Services Building. Um, I think I'm the star of it. Right, you are the star of it. Aside from that building, <laughs> yeah, it's a rather. Which Lovely is, building it's, for a county building. Yeah, I mean, you know, compared to the like the brutalism of the 1970s that they put <laughs> down, true. I guess it's a little more modern. It's, it's a little more modern, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so definitely look out for those. Uh, do you have any uh, any cool cartoons coming up this week or weekend? Any cool cartoons? Well, I have a, a couple of uh, Valentine's uh, Day oriented cartoons. Oh you know, it's God. that week, man. I mm-hmm. forgot that has meant nothing to me for like, my uh, yeah. entire adult life. Save but. your money. <laughs> Or do what I do. Blow it. Greens. Day after Valentine's Day. Half off clearance sale. Boom. Boom. Who so loves the chocolate's chocolate's. a little hard. <laughs> so what are, the, what are the cartoons coming up then? I'm not telling you. Oh. You are going to have to subscribe to the Arizona Daily Star. Subscribe to the Daily Star. You can see us online at Tucson.com. Yeah. Dave, do you have any, like, Twitter? Or are you on the social medias? I am on Twitter. Do you have I can tell you what can the I, handle can I, is. Can I, I, think, I, I think it's D.W. Fitzsimmons at Twitter. Oh, okay. Can, can I, like, email you or something? Then? Yeah. 
at tuner rhymes with tumor because i'm a boomer every boomer has a tumor that's me. i can say that because i'm a cancer survivor so no letters all right all right tuner at tucson.com <laughs> And you can get a hold of me at E Salaya, that's E C E L A Y A at Tucson.com. My Twitter is Reporter Eddie at Reporter Eddie, or you can follow this here podcast at, yeah. at Being Point. Being Point. At Being Point. That the is point our being. At Being Point. Being Point. There you go. Very good. So now we have all the information we need. That's all the information you need, wow. other than the fact that this does not represent Lee Enterprises' view on things, or Gannett, or Berkshire Hathaway, yeah, or just good old rich people, Bloomberg, yeah, any of the... Oh, we forgot yeah. the Bloomberg's racist stuff. Eh, next nah, week. Yeah, it'll be around. <laughs> He'll still be racist. <laughs> Alrighty then. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening into this episode of the Point Being Podcast. For David Fitzsimmons and Sarah Gasson, I'm Edward Salaya. Have yourselves a good afternoon.